Welcome to Divorce Etc. hosted by us, the ex-experts. We're here to give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Plus, we're asking a lot of the questions that you may not even think of or know to ask, but we know because we've lived it, so we get it. We're Jessica and TH. Welcome everybody to Divorce Etc.'s podcast with Becoming Mrs. Karen Stanley. She has embraced the misses. And in a divorce world, you know, you want to lose the misses. So she's going to tell us about her journey and how she's paying things forward and why she's so proud to be a Mrs. Karen Stanley now. So welcome to our show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. So I heard Karen on a podcast that she and I can't figure out which one it was yet, but I was so intrigued by her and her story. And um, so Karen is a real life expert like us. And now she, like us, has taken her experience and is paying it forward in a different way. So resident badass, that's like the term of the show. Um, Why don't you give us like a quick um, recap of, you know, how you came to be right here. You talked to me about an aha moment from, you know, when you were divorced, single, you know, everyone's kind of looking for an aha moment to kind of shift things in their way of looking at life. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? I'd love to. I uh, was single for about, seemed like a thousand years, but it was about eight, you know, so <laughs> Uh, I kept attracting all of the, you know, uh, emotionally unavailable men. Um, They seemed to all have lots of things in common. You know, one of them was pretending to be someone they weren't. And also they didn't really want the same things I wanted. I truly wanted to be in a loving, healthy, you know, marriage. Um, And kept attracting all people who don't want that. For people to know. So even though you had gotten divorced, like your your thoughts were that you still were totally open to the idea of marriage and getting married again. That's what you wanted. Not right at first. I mean, I said, I'm never getting married again, you know, many times. (laughs) And I had all, well, I had all these beliefs about marriage based on my experience. Right. So because this marriage failed, then marriage must be bad. Men are bad. Um, That's not something I want. Marriage is like a chain, you know, chaining me down, keeping me back, holding me back. And in the inside, I knew that I was lying to myself. What I really wanted is to be in a healthy relationship and for my children to see what a healthy relationship looks like and live it and be, you know, be involved with it and have a great role model as, as a, you know, second dad. That's really what I wanted. No matter what I said at the beginning, I knew I was lying to myself. How old were your um, got divorced? Oh, they're babies. One and three. Yeah. Mine yeah, were two. Were just babies. I get it. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So, um, I, I went to a wedding, um, and she was also a single mom and she'd met somebody who was in there in his forties or right around there about the same age, you know? Um, and I saw that was my aha moment because it made me realize that even if, even though I wanted all of those things, I realized that my beliefs were keeping me back my beliefs about myself and about my marriage and um, about men and all the blame that I put on, you know, all of the situations, always looking outward for what was wrong with you? Why didn't you do this? Why can you figure that out? Why aren't you like me? Why don't you want the same things? I realized that, you know, she's a single mom. She has two kids. She, you know, so many of the same circumstances. 
then everything that I believed up to that point was not true. And I knew that she, what does she have that I didn't? She had certainty and she had self-confidence and self-worth. She knew she was going to meet somebody. She never doubted it. She was like, whatever, I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to go be awesome. And I, he's coming. My soulmate's on his way. And I knew I had to get that certainty, that level of belief. I need to change my beliefs about myself and about relationships in order to attract. And I just, I don't know, it just hit me. If I'm not going to attract a badass husband unless I feel like a badass when I walk out the door. So why don't I? How I got to work. years out of your divorce did this happen? This is almost seven. So had you been working on yourself? Had you gone to therapy after your marriage? Had you done the things that people are like, you got to do this because this is what you're supposed to do when you get divorced. I certainly did therapy and I'm lucky to have found a great therapist and a great coach. And she really helped me a lot and led me to a lot of amazing books and uh, healing, you know, and uh, it just was, I know there are a lot of people who have terrible experiences with therapists. And so I think you got to go with your gut. You really need to talk it out. You really need to talk it out. You need some tools. Yeah, do it. Right. Um, so I did. That really helped me a lot for a few years. Yeah. But it sounds, so it helped you for a few years post. I'm just trying to like mm -hmm. dig in here. So for people to really understand the story, because I think that so many of us who get divorced are in a very similar place. You know, we come out of a marriage, you feel like, okay, there's work to be done. We There's that. There's work to be done. You're not quite sure where or what direction to go in. So you take the lead from a therapist. Sometimes it helps. Sometimes it doesn't. Mm -hmm. The therapist that I went to after my first divorce was not really helpful to me. It was one of those types of uh, therapy philosophies where she would just kind of sit there and like, wait for me to talk. I mean, I, I got so much more out of my conversations every day with TH. I was kind of like, I don't know if TH is sort of my therapist. This is not really helping. After six months, I'm like, I I'm literally not getting anything out of it. But what I think is interesting about what you're saying is that you were in therapy for seven years and, and you still had not gotten to the, it would took you going to that wedding to understand that you weren't where you needed to be and that you needed to kind of change the direction of what your focus was in terms of working on yourself. Is that what you're saying? Correct. I, I wasn't in therapy for seven years. I was uh, that, you know, I was single for seven years when I had this aha moment. I think okay. I went to her for a few, a couple of years, you know, on and off. Right. So throughout that, um, that time period, but yeah, that was the, I, I was, I realized that the work needed to be done on myself and to stop putting any focus on any person. You can't control anything except for your own growth and your own experiences and your own transformation and transformation is daily work. And, you know, uh, there is no finish line. I love that John Maxwell says that because if you cross the finish line, you're finished. You're never done working on yourself, no matter what, even when you meet the one, then you're working on things together and you're growing together and you're learning a new person and how to love a new person. And it's an amazing, you know, another amazing opportunity for growth. So that's when I really started to work on myself. And I did, I stopped, I didn't date. I just said, I'm gonna, I did a lot of, my friend Lindsay called menopauses. <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. That's that so great? good. We have Isn't to start the best like menopause. menopause. You're going to take a break for a year or two. I did that throughout my whole, you know, singlehood, you know, it's raising two kids by yourself is, is an insane amount of, you know, work. And, and, um, so I, the first thing I did was just really, what is it that I really have been procrastinating on? Why don't I feel good about myself? And I looked at, around in my, my, you know, my life, my health, my finances, and I just really made a list of what I want to focus on. I just want to focus on these areas, how to make my relationships better with my kids, 
how to focus my energy on my environment, all of it, you know, your home, your friends, who are you spending time with that are helping you get closer to your goal or helping you get farther away from your goal. Right. And it, it was so powerful to just focus on those things. And I always tell people, you know, if the love of your life knocked on your door right now, would you keep them waiting on the, on the porch? Would you slam the door and go, hold on, I'll be right back. Cause something's not right. Something's disarray. Something is, you know, not, you know, you, you're embarrassed about. And um, so I, I made a, a list of everything that I really wanted to work on and specifically. And um, I just, I just worked through those. I just worked through those things every day, little bits of, in pieces at a, at a time. And I felt myself um, just feeling better. I felt more clarity. I felt more um, happy for no reason. Lighter, and right? Lighter. Yeah. yeah. I just, I get working it. Working on little things, little progress, you know, um, progress can you really share, is... can you share some of the things on your list that you felt like you were embarrassed about or whatever it was that you were just referencing that, that were your oh, specific yeah. things? <laughs> yes. In my house, my son had broken the sprinkler system. Like, I don't even know how many years before that. And that, my entire backyard was just, uh, you know, weeds that were three feet high, which the kids thought were great. Cause it was a jungle, but I would die if anybody saw it like that. And so I got it fixed and got landscapers cleaned up the yard because you want to, if anything makes you feel like, ugh, like you have that feeling. And I looked around and I, you know, there's pillows from, you know, when, you know, from my marriage, I was like, you got to get rid of all of the old energy so you can make room for the new. Um, and my bedroom used to be like the family room. That was like me and my kids. My kids used to sleep in my room with me. Um, because it was actually arbitrary. We had visitors. And so I had my two sisters sleep in their rooms. So they came in, I put a mattress on the ground. They're not, I'm, they would, I would never sleep if they were both in the same bed with me, but one would get to sleep in the bed. One would get to sleep at the foot of the bed on the mattress. And every night they would switch and take turns. And then when my sisters left and we had no more visitors, they just kind of stayed there. You know, it was like our, that's where we read every night in my bed. And then we go to sleep. It was like our, um, it was a, it was a beautiful, wonderful thing. And I realized that how you have to make room physically, mentally, emotionally, and in your space, in your life, in your heart, in your mind, um, and literally in order to attract somebody it was, where is he going to sleep? Who's going to want right. to come in? How you haven't made any room for him and, and literally and physically in your closet, in your shower, on my, you know, cupboards and, you know, make sure he has his side of the bed. You're ready, like physically, mentally, emotionally preparing for him. That's so interesting. I, I, I feel like I've heard before, um, that your bedroom should be your sanctuary and, and, but to the extent where the only things that should be happening in your bedroom are sex and sleep. So people, there are people who are say, don't have pictures of your kids in your bedroom, Theoretically, there shouldn't be a TV in your bedroom. Like it really should be, if you want a serene Zen place to be, you have to set the stage to have that. I've never heard anyone talk about the importance of like creating that actual physical space, but it makes so much sense that it would then link into your emotions of like emotionally, you're opening it up and allowing that space to exist and allowing room for someone to come in. I love that. Well, let's take a It step. changes your beliefs. Let's take a step back because when you and I spoke before this recording today, we were talking about, you know, identifying your self-worth, 
like really discovering what you deserve, what you should have. And so as you grow and you start to see yourself differently, things look different, right? Those pillows never bothered you before, but now they bother you. And, you know, so it, it, it's kind of like your progression in your, in your growth. I don't want to say healing because it's not always healing. It's just growing, you know, you have to kind of be maybe not fully in that pain or discomfort anyway, to be able to grow in a healthier manner. But you only see things as you grow. Otherwise you accept it because you surround yourself, like you said, with that bad energy and it just keeps feeding you. So I totally get it. I mean, I was until three years ago. So 10 years, Jess, I was seeing therapists for 10 years. I was in two serious relationships that just were like, definitely better men in terms of my relationship, but still not the right man for me, but I was still accepting it. So it takes a long time for anybody who's listening. You know, it's not something that automatically happens. And we're going to hear how Karen met Mr. Stanley, but, um, she really took the time to grow and allow herself to make a mistake and shit, there are weeds in the yard. Like now I don't like that. You know, you let yourself make those mistakes so that you can see and grow. And, and I understand, you know, seeing a man in your life and seeing, you know, a partner where they're going to fit in, but ultimately you have to fit into your own space first before you have any room for anybody else in your life. And, and that's really, I just wanted to bring out that point because we and I, you and I did speak about that. And I thought that was just, that was everything. And so now you're doing these courses to pay it forward. So fast forward and tell us how you met Mr. Stanley. Well, the coolest part about our story is that I had known Mr. Stanley this whole time. So he was a client of mine. He was in front of me literally the entire time. And, um, I walked in the door one day and it was as if he saw, he couldn't figure out what was going on. He's like, Hey, what's different? Like, did you lose some weight or couldn't figure it out? And that's because I was a different person. I was becoming, you know, who I was really stepping into who I wanted to be. I was more confident. I was, I was following through on the promises I made to myself. I was making, you know, um, getting, achieving my goals, you know, setting little goals for myself about, you know, family time and um, my finances and, you know, eating away at the debt I had, you know, one of the things that made me keep, keep feeling, you know, like a piece of crap is because I went to, went through bankruptcy and divorce and foreclosure, and I lost my car all in the same year, all of that happened. And it's so looking back, it's such a gift because then I can just start all over from scratch. I didn't even have enough money to buy my own laptop. And I changed jobs and I joined this other agency where we were, we were set up to work from home, massive, massive gift so that I could be home and navigate all of the, you know, be there when my kids needed me and work. And, um, and that's one of the things that made me feel bad about myself is that I had debt. I had IRS debt. So I always talk about just instead of focusing on that debt, focus on the end game and put a plan in place. And so since I was making progress, the debt didn't, wasn't gone. It wasn't erased right away. It takes time, 
right? I just put in monthly payments. I've had them automatically taken out. I didn't look at the statements. I didn't look at anything. I just focused on zero and progress. It's being, it's going to be zero and making those shifts say, um, I am worthy. I am a good person. I, I, I don't, I don't, wasn't like I had some, you know, elaborate plan to rack up tons of IRS debt and move to Mexico and get out of it. <laughs> it just is what it is. I needed the money at the time. I didn't file my taxes for a couple of years, whatever. I was, you know, self-employed for the first time in my entire life. So it is what it is and pay it off. The government's not going anywhere. And um, so making little progress towards those goals made me, that is what changed the belief in myself. And I felt good about myself. I was progressing in, in, in my health and my healthy choices and my um, goals. You know, I always thought that going to the gym is like just punishment for what you ate and drank the night before. I went anyway, but I didn't enjoy it. And it wasn't something I really wanted to do. And so instead of that, how about not punishing and how about doing something that you really love to do and move your body because you feel so better and, you, and your mind is better yes, than... Yep. Just choose it. What, what's the goal going to be? Move your body five days a week. What is it that you like? I love hiking and yoga. So every week that went by, I did those five times. I also felt good about myself. That's how you develop your, your self-worth. That's how I did. And I just, I just, you know, every little bit, just, it just changed how I feel about myself. And then you walk in and you see the same person and he can't even figure it out. <laughs> I love that. I, and I, and I feel like it is, it, it's those little things. So I feel like for everybody listening, you, you look around TH knows um, I, I'm in a temporary apartment right now because I have, I had bought a new apartment and it's being renovated and I'm myself's been in storage for a year and it's been a lot of moving and a lot of transition. And my apartment that I'm in right now is an absolute shithole and it, and it doesn't make me feel good about myself. I'm not going to lie. And it's a conversation that I've had about like, if I'm dating, like, I don't want to bring anybody over. There isn't, there isn't anything I can do about it. It's a temporary rental. I know that the new place will be great, but I, I do feel like for people listening, it's like, if you're, if you look around and you see things that you can change, small things, pillows, going to home goods, you know, mowing the lawn, like those little things can make such a huge difference and be such an uplifting part of your day. It, it really is those, those teeny tiny things. So I, I love that that's where you're emphasizing your energy, because I think sometimes you look at situations and it feels so overwhelming. You just don't know where to start and then you can't ever get started. And so it just drags you down. Mm -hmm. It really is like one step at a time, literally. And it's also great that he noticed because you're taking baby steps to pro, you know, to progress and growth. But when we look in the mirror, like whatever, same face, same, uh, whatever, nothing's really different. It's really nice when someone's like, you just look awesome. There's like a glow about you. You probably walked in that room, Karen, with a smile on your face. You may have walked around like, feeling heavy and it shows on your face and your personality and the way you carry yourself. You probably walked in so much lighter, regardless of pounds, just like heaviness in your head and your brain that you like shed, you know, a bad skin. So, true. so the fact it's that he recognized that is what's so like beautiful about your story yeah. coming together because you do have to be in the same place at the same time. And you're right. Like I did close the door on um, the man who I'm with now, 
who is, you know, my, my guy. And I definitely, I needed the universe to kind of play a role and like kick me in the ass because I just, I thought I was done. So it, it's really a beautiful story. So you. you meet Mr. Stanley, you go to your meeting. And we just sit and actually that day was in the summertime. Um, and he, he just said, man, dating again after all these years, kind of like mentioned that he was, you know, he had separated from his wife um, a while ago. And he was saying, gosh, it's so weird to be dating because he's married for so long. And I, the two women that I work with after that meeting, um, we went to lunch afterwards and he said, you should date John Stanley. And I'm thinking, I don't think that I'm his type. You know, like, I know, I know that he's a car guy. He runs a Toyota dealership and he's, you know, I've been in the uh, marketing for car dealers for a long time. And I know the car guy type <laughs> and it's the exact opposite of me. I'm there five, two blonde hair, big boobs. I'm five, 10, I have 165 pounds. I'm like an Amazon. And I, uh, I just thought it was so funny and he wasn't my type either. And the reason why I love bringing this up is because sometimes this type, you got to really decide or think about your type, the type of people that you like, you are, you know, quote unquote, attracted mm -hmm. to and ask yourself, how is that working out? It's like, you right. keep attracting the same, how is that working out for you? If it's working out great. Okay, great. But sometimes, you know, this type or this thing that we have in our mind about who's type and he, he's so he's tall. He's so slender. He's like such a skinny guy and he's in shape and he's great. I mean, he's just like super healthy and you'd never know that he's, you know, 18 years older than me. You'd never know it. He looks amazing. And I'd I never would dated not have known that looking at the picture. No way. Right. No, no way. And to your point about, you know, your face or your change and how it's like you, I was getting older, you know, we all going to have, I don't have any less gray hair or less wrinkles, right? but I was glowing and he could see it. I, it's not about your, you know, physical details about your body or your hair. Um, and, um, it's about an energy and yep. also letting go of those details. You can, you don't have any control over the timing. I had no idea when the time was going to be right, or that it was going to be somebody that had, I had known this whole time. And, um, it was just beautiful. So a few months later is when I actually, um, came to visit and it was, um, it was at the end of November where I tried to try to find, just find him. I just stopped by to get some things and say hi. And, um, and he stopped me and he was like, Hey, no, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. And he just like, we just sit there and we sat, you know, in the busiest Saturday of the year and there's a hundred people in the showroom and, you know, he has 150 employees. He runs this huge business and everybody's everywhere. And he just, we sat there like it was like time stood still. And we just chit chatted about everything. I mean, his face was peeling. He's like, oh, sorry about my face. I just got a chemical feel. And I was like, oh, I want to get a chemical peel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, things like that. People that I, I'm not used to talking about things like real life. And like, oh, we're talking about this, you know, an alkaline water and, you know, oh, these greens, I, I'll get you some. Cause you got, I've been taking these greens in the morning. I was like, oh, that's great. And, um, you know, music and this and that just an hour went by like that. And we had never done that before. I'd only known him in a business sense. And we both kind of left and I, I, I'll let you go. I'll go, you know, you got business and blah, blah, blah. And kind of walked out of there going, what just happened? And two days later is when came the ask, 
And it was like this text, I wish I still had it. I phone blew up and I lost all my texts from the beginning of our relationship. And it's like this long, he's like, I don't, I don't know if you have babysitter or you have time or you, you like football or, you know, you need to wash your hair. Like all these ways for me to say no. So, so <laughs> cute. It was so cute. And he said, but I have two tickets to the Cardinals game, you know, their football team here. Would you like to go? And I said, I texted my business partner. Oh no, John Stanley asked me out. What do I do? Because he's our client. This is a, t- right. it's a recipe for disaster, right? Right. He goes, no, he's a true gentleman. He would never let anything come between our business. Even if you guys just end up being friends, he would never do anything to jeopardize our business. Okay, you're right, you're right. So I said, okay, I'd love to go. He's like, great. Okay, so, um, uh, well, I don't know, even if we end up being friends, um, you know, I also have two tickets to the Fleetwood Mac concert two days after. And so I always tell people, if someone's not filling up your calendar, they're not the one they, he wants to be, he wants to spend his time with me. They will say, I want to be with you and I want to spend my time with you. I don't want you to be with anybody else. I just, I just want to be with you. He's got tickets to stuff and he wants me to come. Right. right. No matter, there's no, there's no agenda. There's no, you know, uh, you know, uh, what is, what does it called when you're means to an end? Exterior motive. Right. Thank you. No, I, if somebody wants to be with you, they will period. End of story. And they're playing those games and they're doing the five days and the three days. I mean, John doesn't even know the rules. He didn't even know he was breaking rules because he doesn't know he doesn't care about the rules. It's so right. funny. And he, he's so cute in that way and young and, you know, and sweet and innocent in that way. Making your own, you're making your own rules. You're right. you know, yeah. making your own life together. Just so spend that, time that. together and get to know each other. And it's beautiful. And, so and there, you were saying that you, yeah. We're saying you were never going to get married again. Mm-hmm. I've said the same thing up until probably a year and a half ago. And it's not that I, I just am not opposed to it. Mm-hmm. I personally not ready for it, but I'm not opposed to it like before, because I think I was always opposed to it because I was afraid I was going to get divorced again, which would have happened if I ended up with either of those men who I was in a relationship with. So I, I like your whole journey is so awesome. And now you're just so embracing and proud to be Mrs. Karen Stanley. It's like, this is what the relationship is supposed to be grounded on, you know, seeing each other, wanting to be together, the little things, even if you're doing nothing, it's like the greatest day. And, and so I just think that that message is really important. We are not marriage haters, right? We're not men haters. We are pro healthy relationships. We know that it comes from, you know, each person on their own. There's no one that's going to complete you. You complete yourself and they're like, you know, the cherry on top. And so I just, that's why like Karen has been someone I've been watching for a while because I just, I just think it's awesome. It's just really great. And, And Jessica and I, you know, really try to put it out there that look at where we are now. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are really growing in the most healthy way and it has nothing to do with a guy. If a guy's there, great, but, but we're growing in the best way possible. And so putting yourself first, Karen, was, you know, critical for you to be a happy missus somebody else. Right. hundred percent. And you're always going to attract who you are and not who you want. 
So you really, the focus is really becoming the person that you really want to be. And that's how you attract the right one for you. And why I'm so passionate about it now is because, you know, we're seven years in almost um, December 7th was our first date. And I, I, a couple of years ago, I just realized, well, I would have never imagined the things that I, the gifts of being in a beautiful, wonderful, committed relationship, but I, I hadn't experienced those. So right. the reason why I'm so passionate about it is that we all have experiences and we create those beliefs based on what has happened already up to this point. And you have no idea what it is like, what it could be like when you have someone who's your biggest cheerleader and your biggest partner. And that foundation is, is friendship. Yeah. Yes. Romance is there. Romance is wonderful. And it, it, you're, he's a, a incredible lover and, but he's my best friend. And, and we, and we started out, I got so tired of attracting people that didn't tell me the truth and I'm just going to lay it all out. You know, I don't care. I, I don't care if you don't want to ever see me again, if this is, we only have one date. Um, you know, I'm just like, yeah, I, I have this happened and this happened. I went through bankruptcy, divorce, you know, whatever. And just, I, you know, and I have debt, you know, who I am, I don't care. I'm paying it off, whatever. Yeah. It really is the, like TH knows I I'm a huge believer of everything happens the way that it should. Everything happens the way that it's supposed to. And I love your messaging of just, you know, being yourself and putting it out there and, it, you know, if, if you, it is all about vibe and energy, putting out what you're going to get back, what you put out there. And so I think for everyone listening, it, it's just hugely important to know, like there's so much light at the end of the tunnel and things can be so much better on the other side, whether someone chooses to get married again or not. I mean, it's obviously a personal choice, but that doesn't, it shouldn't ever prevent you from being able to find the happiness that you're looking for. If you want to be in a committed relationship with someone and have a life partner. So whatever that looks like marriage or not, um, I, I love the messaging behind it. And I, and I love the fact that now you're paying it forward and using the skills that you learned in order to move forward yourself, to be able to teach that to other people so they can get to the same place you are, which is fantastic. Well, thank you. And Cause it took me, cause I spent so many years, you know, being self-loathing and never thinking I was good enough. And I wasn't, you know, skinny enough and I wasn't pretty enough. And I wasn't, I was too, everybody told me I was overwhelming and uh, too exuberant and um, I'm tall and, you know, I'm, I'm too big. You know, my grandpa said, I'm so big. You should be a boy. You know, it's like, you, 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 we all have those moments yes. in, and, um, TH was sharing with me, her grandmother. <laughs> I, I'll tell everybody the story. Cause I don't know if I've recorded it yet, but my grandmother, um, it was Canadian and came from a very high society world <clears throat> where the way you present yourself is everything. If you keep your mouth shut and you look great, you're like 90% there. So I, she was visiting my parents in Florida and I was there and I came home from the gym and she goes, where'd you go? I said, I went to the gym. She goes, you went like that? I said, what do you mean? She goes, you can't leave the house without your face on. You are not a natural beauty. You cannot be walking around like that. That's what she said to me. Oh my God. And, I, and well, this is, could be like a whole other shrink session another time. But all I could say is like, obviously I remember that. And I was, I already had kids. I don't think she'd noticed, but she literally would not leave her bathroom until her face was on her, you know, all her makeup and all the everything. So I had shared that with Karen when, you know, she was telling me her story about her grandfather. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, 
that seems to be, you know, the thought process. And now look, now we're battling with the thought process that you're too much and right. you're too tall and you're not skinny enough and all that. It's still the same messaging. It's just different words and it's really shitty. And that's why I feel like we need so much work all the time. I mean, I had a great childhood. I'm very close with my family, but there's like shit that should never, you know, that could have been done differently that I'm trying to break that cycle going forward. But it's, it's like, that'll be another podcast. And I feel like that's overemphasized for all of us who come out of a divorce, because that's the time where you're like really overanalyzing everything about yourself and what, even if you are doing the healthy work in terms of like accepting responsibility for your role in the end of your marriage, you're still thinking of like all of the things that you need to improve or that, well, what if I was this? And then, and then would this have still happened? So it's totally that time of your life where you really are like looking inward and nitpicking everything about yourself and hearing all of those voices in your head about all of the things that aren't perfect about you. It just, you know, emphasizes everything a hundredfold. Those are very deep scars. Yeah, they are. What he needs to realize, it doesn't take two minutes to get over it. it. It takes a little bit of time. So give your, you know, give yourself your time. So tell us quickly about, you know, your program that you're launching now. Well, it's so, it's called Shift because it does take time, but it's actually little teeny shifts that you can make. So the way that I shut up that inner bitch telling me I was too fat and too loud and too big and too everything, right? It's just practice, just like anything. So if you want to practice shutting her up and you want to practice, you know, making healthy choices, you want to practice um, uh, seeing things in a different way and becoming the person that you really want to become really is all about like you just said, taking responsibility for everything up to this point. And then what do I really want to change? And it's little teeny things at the time at a time. So how do it's, these are the tools that I use to make those small changes in my life and my heart to move forward, to focus on my, you know, the things that were going right. And, um, and it's small shifts every day because things come at us all day long. Even when you find the, the most amazing man, the most amazing partner and the great, your greatest cheerleader, um, you still have, you're living with somebody, you're learning somebody, mm-hmm. you're, you're healing things together. You're realizing that all of his wounds and you are, um, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a journey forever, yeah. forever something new comes on. He just had cataract surgery yesterday. You know, when we first got together, he, uh, he, we were hiking and he was like tight at the chest. And I was like, Oh my gosh, what was going on? What's going on? Usually I can barely keep up with them. And he was kind of lagging behind me. And I said, we're going to the hospital right away. And he's saying, nah, it's nothing. I'll just sit down for a second. No, we're going to the hospital right away. And so we did, we're right next to a Mayo clinic in Scottsdale. And he, they, he needed a stint, put a stint in like two hours later. You know, if I hadn't been with him, would he have just blown it off and had a heart attack? He could have died. Right. You know, I made him. So it's like, it's so funny. I think God puts people in our lives, all of them, not just our partners, our life partners, but all of them for a reason for us to learn and help grow and heal. And um, it's a beautiful thing. And when things that come at us that are really frustrating and really hard and challenging, um, we can, we can thrive and we not only just survive and not get through the day, but really thrive and grow. If we learn these tools and these tools helped me so much, stop being so frustrated and down on myself and nitpicking my body and my face and my everything. And like, we all do, we're so conditioned 
to, to have this quote unquote perfect version of whatever you're supposed to be. And everybody has their own definition from Cosmo or from your grandma or whatever. And it's bullshit. We're all different. Every single one of us is different. And how, but how do you do that though? How do you love yourself the way that you are with your dimples and your cellulite and your, and your, you know, the gut, the creases in my eye, who cares, but how do you do that? It's easy to, easier said than done. Totally. Well, I finally learned how I, I finally learned how, and it's not a, it's not a, yep, done. Okay, you learned that thing. I'm done with that. Right. No, we keep getting older. You're not, I'm going to get another wrinkle at some point. Right. And you're going to keep doing the work, keep loving yourself so that you can be the best mom and be the best wife and be the best coworker and sister and brother and daughter and, um, and all of your roles. But you are not your roles. You're a beautiful soul in having a human experience. And how do you get those, those voices out of your head? And how do you heal from the past and move on and create the future that you really want? I believe that if you want some, if you see yourself in your dreams and you're real, if you're real with yourself and you, you say, okay, what do I really want to be 10 years from now? What do I want my life to look like you know, five years from now? Are you sitting alone? Are you really sitting alone? Right. You, I think you're lying because you're trying to protect your heart because you've been hurt so many times and we are meant to, we are not solitary creatures and companionship and love and, and friendship and loyalty. Somebody who's really got your back, who you can really open up to and tell all of your secrets to and not be ashamed anymore. And, um, that if that's in your heart, which I believe most of it, it for most of it, it, us, it is, then I believe it's there for a reason. And, and when we work on ourselves, work on healing those wounds and open our heart and, and, and work on loving everything about us. Like one of my favorite um, quotes is you can't love the person you're becoming and hate the experiences that shaped you. So when we love and we are grateful, we see the good. And I have tools that help me see all the good from all of the hurt, all the abuse, all of the, all of the heartache and all the, you know, nights, you know, bawling to myself on the floor when we can love those experiences because that made me resilient. Oh, well, how would I be if I didn't, if I hadn't gone through those things, you, who would you be? You can't be this person. Yeah. Right. And so all the strength and all the growth and all the things you learned and focusing on the things that you learned from those. And so I, I, that's what my book is about. And my book is called becoming Mrs. Stanley. And then I wanted to take a, a step further. because I think a lot of people are more experiential and they want to learn these tools and, and we need more, we need a community and we need help and we need to have, you know, people that are cheerleading with us because your people you surround yourself are so important. And a lot of people are also, you know, hurt and scarred and closed and they're afraid and they don't really want you to change. And so I thought I'm gonna do a video course so that we can have a community come together and people who really wanna learn these tools and take it a week at a time and deep dive into and do the journaling and writing and there's exercises and there's there's, um, everything that helped me see the truth about who I am love the things that I am and I'm different from every single person and love that. And then that is what helped me attract the person that was perfect for me. And he's not perfect and I'm not perfect. i just believe that he, we were meant to be together. So right. we could get on this journey together and then go down this path. I never would have done any of this. You know, I started my own business. I wrote a book. I, I, you know, recorded a video course and it's not just because the subject is about having how to attract love, real love into your life. Um, 
obviously they told, duh, I wouldn't have done any of this, but I wouldn't have done any of that. I had a partner. I have one that's cheering me on, telling me to do it. I, I just, you know, we were hiking a couple of years ago and he, I was like, you know, I just feel like I was listing all the things that I had really worked on these things that really changed me and helped me feel good about myself and this and that, and this thing. I, I really did a lot of work, you know, and then boom, I walk in the door and you see me differently. And I feel like it's replicable. I feel like it's a strategy, like little yes. strategies, you know, and, and like each little thing. And he and goes, you got to, you should write a book. Okay. Right. I, I never thought about writing a book. I just wanted to help others who are struggling with the same things I was. Yeah. And having a cheerleader like that in your life is something that hopefully everybody, you know, deserves and, and can find. And I love the fact that you're putting it all out there for everybody to find. What is your website address so people can look into the book when it's out and the course? mrskarenstanley.com. Okay. The book is out. It's on Amazon, Becoming Mrs. Stanley. But if you really like a experiential and you like video and you want to join the community, I, um, I, I highly recommend it. It's, it's launching soon. It's on my website right now yep. where it includes weekly coaching. So we're all going to come together on Facebook each week. Everybody's working on different things at different times, but we're going to have weekly, you know, Q and A and, you know, come together as a, as a community, everybody who's really, really wants to make changes by making small shifts. And that's why it's called shift. So it's yeah. just practicing those small shifts every day, every day, every day, forever. We love the community aspect also. It's something that we talk about a lot. So um, so for everyone who's listening, uh, it's Mrs. Karen Stanley, but all of Karen's information is also going to be on our website, on her own ex experts page. So um, you can go there and you can find it and pick up the book, check out the course. The transformation that you've made sounds amazing. And, um, and we're thrilled to just have you as one of our ex experts. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate it. I'm so glad we found each other and I love I what you're doing. I just want to say, I wish that I had you guys, you two and this community and everything that you're building and you're helping. I wish I had that, you know, I got divorced in 08 and we didn't have things like Us this. Too. No, oh, I wait, know. seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for so, that. I mean, that's yeah, what, that's what beautiful. we that's what we're trying to do. So thank you. All right. Thank you. See you next time. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Divorce Etc. with the ex-experts. We really hope this episode was helpful for you in getting information you need and feeling empowered to get through it. And always remember there are so many of us just like you. Now, please hit the subscribe button so you always get new episodes and please rate and review us. You can also check out our website filled with free resources at xexperts.com. Follow us on social on Instagram and Facebook and send us an email to let us know your thoughts or any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about. See you next time.